Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available on Google Podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Friday, March 24th, 2023. One of the first contentious issues between England and the colonies was the housing of British troops. Colonies have been happy to provide housing and provisions during the French and Indian War, but in peacetime, it was a bigger issue. Parliament and the Crown wanted more troops here and expected the colonial governors to pick up the bill. In 1765, Parliament passes the Quartering Act, pressing the point. The issue was so important that the founders made it the subject of its own amendment in the Constitution, the Third. The Philadelphia and Columbia Railway is authorized in 1828. The plan was to run from Broad and Vine Streets in Philadelphia, west to near the present-day town of Lancaster, a distance of 83 miles. The PNC was one of the earliest railroads in the country and reported to be the first state-owned line. It will begin operation in 1832 with horse-drawn equipment and get its first steam engine in 1836. Portions of the original alignment are still used today as part of Amtrak. A couple of religious tolerance events. In 1829, the English Parliament allows Catholics to serve in Parliament. The citizens of Hiram, Ohio, were not so magnanimous. They tar and feather Mormon leader Joseph Smith. The animosity appears to be more about the Mormons' communal society at the time and local political power. The entire reason for the relocation to Utah was it was isolated and outside of U.S. territory at the time. Smith's followers encountered difficult relations with their neighbors wherever they went. If you want to fall down a rabbit hole, read up on Smith and his family. Pay particular attention to portions about astrology, treasure-seeking, and seeing stones. Manhattan, Kansas was founded as New Boston in 1855. The change to Manhattan will be a nod to New York City. It was settled as a free state town in the bleeding Kansas days. Congress, trying to keep both sides of the slave debate happy, proposed that the new Kansas territory could vote for themselves whether to be free or a slave state. With that carrot, both sides attempted to flood the state with settlers. It did not help that pro-slave interests in Missouri were close by. It could well be argued that the fighting of the Civil War did not begin at Fort Sumter in 1861, but in Kansas five years earlier. German scientist Robert Cook discovers that a bacteria causes tuberculosis, and this is the beginning of germ theory in 1882. Carnegie Steel is organized in 1900 with a capitalization of $160 million. It is the largest to that date. In the annals of bad policies, the U.S. government begins moving native-born citizens of Japanese descent to detention centers in 1942. Of course, we do not know if it prevented any violence. It just seems a bad decision in retrospection. Seventy-six Allied officers pull off the Great Escape in 1944 when they break free of Stalag Luft III. John D. Rockefeller Jr. of Standard Oil Wealth donates the New York City site to the United Nations in 1947. The idea of a president consolidating too much power was always a discussion point even in the colonial days. The Confederate Constitution dealt with it in a unique way and quite thoughtfully. They limited the president to a single six-year term, which rules out any concern with re-election. In 1947, Congress proposes a two-term limit on the U.S. president. What most folks forget, 
a president can be elected to two terms and serve up to 10 years. Elvis Presley joins the Army in 1958. He will serve for two years and four years in the reserves. We have long established that the English-French rub may be one of the oldest in world history. How we managed to get a French providence in Canada alongside the English is quite complex and still creates tension. In 1961, Quebec establishes a Board of French Language. The goal is to promote the French language, good Canadianism, and fight Anglicanism. That's becoming English. It seems to be working for the most part. In fact, many folks in Quebec are bilingual, as are many in the bordering areas. For 7 in 10, French is the first language, and another 25% speak it. Only about 50% of Quebecers speak English in the province. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards began performing together in 1962. The Kennedy Half Dollar is issued in 1964, the first year, and some of the 65s were at the 90% silver content. They were never popular in circulation and were often hoarded as collectible for their high silver content. Old folks will recall the days when you could occasionally find a silver coin in circulation. They had a very distinctive sound. This morning, a 64 Kennedy Half Dollar is worth $8.42 as silver bullion. That, folks, is why we went away from precious metal coins. They are worth more as bullion than the face value. ABC News had begun an in-depth news program focusing on the Iran hostage crisis in 1979. On this day in 1980, they changed the name to Nightline. Of course, the hostage crisis ended early in 1981, but the program continues 42 years later. The Exxon Valdez runs aground in Alaska's Prince William Sound in 1989, spilling nearly a quarter million barrels of crude oil. The spill was exacerbated by the fact that Prince William Sound has a very large number of islands, greatly increasing the amount of shoreline affected. Cold temperatures may have slowed the breakdown of the oil also. Five years ago, students across the U.S. are manipulated as useful idiots when they stage a March for Our Lives, demanding gun control in response to the most recent school shooting. Now for certain, that's an inflammatory statement. No one wants more carnage or dead children on the front page at any time. But special interests who are intent on disarming the country are using children in a Hitler-esque manner for political gain. The problem is we have fortified schools to an insane level, spending billions of dollars on security and resource officers, Yet the issue of mentally disturbed students continues to create problems. The simple fact is, no matter the age of the shooter or whatever method of violence they wish to use, if they are willing to die, there is no law or force that will prevent them from creating mayhem, except to help them die as quickly as possible. Now there is a small chance that when confronted with deadly force, they may surrender. To that end, maybe we should seriously look at arming school staff. Or what about teaching young skulls full of mush that it's wrong to kill folks? But that might border on morality, and we can't possibly have that. Or teaching there's a price for bad decisions, and some things are your fault. Instead, we have to discuss gender studies and how everyone is a victim. By and large, our teachers are a product of the most left side of our society. Therefore, gun control is a better solution than self-defense or morality. The other factor here is the schools have spent the last three or four decades teaching that humans are a product of chance 
with no overriding purpose. Take that thought to its logical conclusion, and survival of the fittest may well be the kid with a gun. Murder is not immoral if there is no deity or afterlife. At best, it's a social suggestion. That's History and Comment for the 24th day of March. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.